0: And we are back. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio. Solid, conservative, and just plain right. Covering down on some major ground across the northern half of the beautiful state of Alabama. I'm talking about from way down south of Birmingham to up north of Huntsville, Tuscaloosa, back to Gadsden, parts of Georgia, Tennessee, Mississippi, thrown in just for good measure. I got somebody hung... Is that Allie from Athens? Allie hung on through the entire break. Allie, how are you doing?
1: Hi. Hi, I am...
0: Good. I hear your radio in the background.
1: (laughs) Oh, Okay, hang on. Sorry, let me turn it off. Okay, I just wanted to tell you that I think that's your radio, my friend. Can you you hear me? (laughs) we're,
0: We're good. We got you. Go ahead.
1: Okay, you still have the bumper music going on in back, but nonetheless, we will pass forward, sir. Okay, I just got out of a luncheon with the Republican women. And um, Representative Danny Crawford, State Representative Danny Crawford, was there, and newly elected Congressman Dale Strong. Yeah. And he was telling us he was regaling us with stories about his first six weeks in Washington, and um, it was really quite remarkable. But the thing that was so telling and that connects to what you were just discussing is that when he was invited to the White House to meet the president for the first time, They would have the um, representatives go and, you know, go to the front of the room and shake, identify themselves and shake hands with the president. And he did that. Um, Congressman Dale Strong, Alabama, District 5, and three times all that President Biden could say was, Alabama. Oh, wow. Alabama. Wow. And Dale would be the polite Southern gentleman and says, "Yes, sir, Alabama. That was it. Couldn't come up with. I'm on my way. You know, with my back to Alabama with a banjo on my knee, and nothing. I mean, wow. there was there was nothing. That was all that he could say. It was very disturbing.
0: Wow. Yeah. That's. You know, I've, I've wondered. You know, you see him, and I and I've I've noticed there's times when he feels like he looks like he's sharp. Other times it looks mm-hmm. like he doesn't know where he is, and I've wondered if you're yes. if you're around him in person, what's what's the impression? I mean, I would I would love to hear somebody say, "Ah, no, he's just kind of unsteady sometimes, but he's really sharp, but doesn't sound like it."
1: No, it was it yeah. was very disturbing, and so I just thought, you know, I was listening to you talk about the lack of footing all the way around, and I think yeah. you know, a, a good portion of it is just whatever he is or is not going on cognitively with a man, and in spite of the fact that I completely disapprove of just about everything about him, I also feel badly for him.
0: Yeah, I agree. It's like watching John Fetterman. You know uh, his situation. You think, mm-hmm. man, why didn't y'all somebody? Why didn't somebody say? Why didn't somebody have the the onus to say? You know, maybe this is not a good idea. And but they couldn't do it. And mm-hmm. and now now we we all get to kind of live with it. But hey, Ali, yeah. appreciate you. Thanks so much.
1: You're welcome, sir. All yeah. right,
0: see ya. Uh, yeah I, I, don't, I don't know man uh, boomer I mean I watched yesterday uh, I was I was showing boomer a video earlier um, uh, so the president was in Ukraine and then Poland mm-hmm. and you know they did the state visit thing and they had the uh, the uh, Polish military uh, had a uh, dress you know um, uh, dress formation out there and their in their dress you know uniforms and all that right and he paraded with the uh, with the Polish uh, premier and then you know he turned around to walk back down the line, and you could tell he like he was lost. He he wandered off the carpet. They had to kind of guide him back. It was just it was just oh my gosh, it was awful. right. I mean they were trying to help him back on the carpet. Yeah, and it wasn't like a hill. No, no, was, it was straight. It was, it was yeah. It wasn't like he was unsteady on a hill or, a, right. or an uneven surface. No, it didn't. Mm. Mm. Uh, well, and he and then he actually there's, you know, and I and I part of me goes yeah I get it. I mean it's not like I've never stumbled before. But uh once again, uh, climbing the steps to Air force one uh, he he tripped on the stairs and fell forward, and you just look at it and go, "dang God man, somebody get the guy an escalator please can we can we is there a better way to do this? Do we have to have stairs every time i mean is it is it important that a is is it absolutely imperative that the president of the free world has to come out onto open stairs, no matter what the weather is, and walk down them as opposed to the gangways that all of us like to get off uh, airplanes on, you know, the kind, of, the little tunnel that they kind of bring out to your oh, plane. yeah. Why do they do that? I don't know. Do you know. know? I actually do not know. I was wondering that. I mean, what the heck? The guy's 80 years old. Give the man a gangway. Just, you know, he can walk through the tunnel. Walk through the tunnel. It's air conditioned. Yeah. Frack. I don't know. Okay. Uh, Brian from Huntsville just texted in and says, China smells weakness. From Not just the USA, but also from Russia. They're betting that the over and under, they're betting the over and under across the board. I don't doubt it, man. I agree. Susan from Elkmont Texas, in, says, Biden's plan is build back better. We just don't know. We just didn't know he meant Ukraine. <laughs> there you go. That's pretty good, Susan. Um, John from Huntsville texted in, said, Biden's plan is to get out of bed, go to the bathroom, eat three meals, hoping he doesn't lose his teeth, read a few teleprompters, hoping again he doesn't lose his teeth, sign a few papers hoping he signed his name correctly, and then at nighttime he prays that he can do it again the next day. Uh, I would say that's a lot of us, but uh, but nonetheless, yeah, that is uh, that is that is something. Uh, Jim from Huntsville just texted in and says, Phil, yes, you are correct. President Biden could walk through the tunnel, but he'll probably still trip getting into the plane. There. <laughs> okay, well, there's a point. Um, all right, listen, number one of the triple dipper, the war footing. So... Uh, Charlene and I were talking this morning. I I don't even know sometimes what my monologue is going to be. Sometimes my monologue really develops as I'm typing it, to be honest. I have a theme or I have an idea. Other times, I'll be honest with you, I have come to show prep at the last part of the day and I am typing up until the minute we get ready to go on the show. Today was one of those that I knew where I wanted to go, but I didn't know how it was going to come together. And what was funny was as I'm prepping for the show. And Charlene and I were talking this morning. She said, she even said, are you going to cover this? And and knowing that, that, you know, I knew what she meant because we were watching a news story about the whole Ukraine, China, Russia, all of it. And I said, yeah, I'm gonna. And I knew my monologue would have to deal with it. And then as I resourced the show, which I do early in the morning, like this morning was super early. This morning I'm resourcing the show and I usually send the articles, all the links to Boomer. He puts them into a format that I can print out and highlight and do all the stuff with. Uh, everything that I said in my monologue is, is coming out of other articles. People are seeing it. In fact, Boomer, what was that? on CNN a minute ago up on the screen? It was, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah, it was CNN on the left screen? Mm-hmm. Yeah, CNN had a, uh, a piece up there. They were talking about this very thing, saying that public support for the fight in Ukraine is waning in the United States. And I'll tell you why. It's because nobody knows what the plan is. I mean, he's, he's doing an awful job of selling it. An awful job. If you're going to write billions of dollars, and if you're going to travel over there to a war zone, if you're going to not go see the southern border for two years, or not go see East Palestine at all, if you're, if you're, if you're, if you're going to ignore the social agendas here at the, at the house, so to speak, but you're going to go to the neighbor's house and take them a check, well, people back home need to know why. Story here on 1945.com. It's a pretty interesting website. I go there periodically. They usually have some pretty good foreign policy and military policy type stuff. It came out yesterday. Uh, It says, Joe Biden's surprise Ukraine trip is already a disaster. That's the headline. Um, A round of applause, it says, for U.S. President Joe Biden, he just touched down in Ukraine in a show of support for a nation that has truly suffered like no other in the 21st century. And I I agree with that. By the way, I don't mind the fact that the President of the United States goes to Ukraine. I don't mind it. Is it inflammatory in the diplomatic sense? Yes, it is. Is it um, something that makes sense in light of the fact that we're sending them billions and billions of dollars in aid and in military weaponry? Um, Yeah, arguably so. But we don't know really what his point is. And this article says that. The article says, what the heck is your Ukraine policy anyway? That's what it says. The guy who wrote it, his name's uh, Harry uh, Katsianis. He says, I do this for a living and I struggle to understand what it is. Okay, moment of truth. I don't know at all what it is. He says the problem for Joe Biden is that people are now actually going to start asking real questions about U.S. policy when it comes to the Ukraine war. You don't need a Ph.D. from Princeton to dream them up. What are the goals in Ukraine? How do we plan to achieve them? What are we willing to risk to reach them? And he goes on to say, does anyone have a clue exactly what Joe Biden's end goal is for giving Ukraine billions of dollars in military aid? And the answer is no. No. No, but we're we're going to we're going to we're going to be in it for the long haul. Okay. What does that mean? 10 years? Uh does it mean uh maybe you know we're going to be there for another 6 months? Does it mean we push them back to the pre-February 2022 borders? Does it mean that we're going to be all in for hey, let's take back Crimea too while we're at it? Does it mean that we're going to defang the, um, the, the, the entire, you know, Russian army. <sighs> anyway, the article goes on to say there's no end game. It says just to make sure there's no media outrage that we aren't helping Ukraine. You know, Biden has to worry about 2024, keeping his poll numbers from slipping. And so I hope we're not seeing a wag the dog situation. But here's where the questions get even harder, the article says. And I agree. He says, has Joe Biden ever articulated exactly how he wants to see the war in Ukraine come to an end? No, the answer is no, he hasn't. For example, it says, will Biden press Moscow and Kyiv to start negotiating once, say, Ukraine pushed out of all the lands it had? Uh, it took a year ago? How long will we keep taking our own ammo and weapons out of our own stocks to help Ukraine fight? And you can't get those answers until you know what the end state is supposed to be. And you have to have some doctrinal template by which you work. This is where we are, folks. We are watching billions in our taxpayer dollars go to fight a war without anybody having a clear understanding of what the goal is. Well, we're going to be in it for the long haul. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Well, I'm going to unpack this further. We're going to to dissect this in detail. I want you guys to be able to have those water cooler conversations. When somebody says, you know, Ukraine, what do you think? I want you to be armed for that conversation. So when we get back, I've got a series of commentaries. We're going to look at it from different angles. We're going to talk about what China's up to right now. And all said and done, folks, what it comes down to is we don't have a plan. We need a plan. Let's develop a plan. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio. Y'all stay tuned. I will be right back. Back, Phil Williams, right side radio, solid conservative, just plain right. Uh, so, um, wow, it's, uh, just, just looking at the, the text line, I got some amazing people in this audience. Um, uh, Allison from Madison just texted in and said, Did you see the Babylon B headline regarding Biden's visit to Ukraine? Not an exact quote, but to the effect of, Biden lands in Kiev for a performance review. <laughs> yeah, how am I doing, Vol- Volodymyr? <laughs> um, Anyway, uh, yeah, there's a lot of memes coming out about that. But um, and, and, you know, not the least of which is, is just the manner in which he presents. And, and he's just he does not inspire confidence. And that's one of the things, you know, I, I, it, there's a lot to be said for a little bit of bravado, uh, a little bit of a chutzpah, uh, the ability of a um, uh, of a man to uh, to inspire uh, by his mere presence. And he does not. He does not at all. He tries to put on the angry Joe Biden, you know, sometimes when he speaks. And then he tries to, you know, then he tries to whisper into the microphone to catch your attention, Just stop it, just please. But, um, but yeah, that's, but see, that's, that's, that's in the military, we call it command presence. He does not have a command presence. He, he's got, he's got a position of leadership that is given to him by virtue of his position there's, there's, there's two types of leaders. There's, there's going to wind up being the leader who is a leader by virtue of their position. And there's going to be the leader who inspires and people will follow him no matter his position. We've got a guy who just has a position. This is sort of like, you know, at the end of Band of Brothers, when you see, um, you know, the, 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 the moment where, where Captain Sobel comes walking by and Major Dick Winters is sitting there who used to be his Lieutenant and Sobel tries to ignore him. and, And Dick Winters looks over and says, Captain Sobel, you salute the rank, not the man. Well, that's true. You do. So I salute the presidency, and I and I, you know, and if he were here, I'd call him Mr. President. But the truth is, he does not inspire—not a bit. And it's because we have this lack of inspiration, this inability to lead. Someone who doesn't know what it means to lead anything—he's never had in his entire life the reason, the ability, or the position that truly gave him a chance to lead. He's always had the podium. He's had the ability to have what I call, often call rhetoric without responsibility, where he's literally allowed to go to the podium for 40 years in D.C., go to the podium and say whatever he wanted to say, and then walk away and not have to own it. Rhetoric without responsibility. And guess what? Now he's in charge. And uh, and, it, and it shows that he is out of his element. Yeah. Um, Boomer, you got that video clip. Uh, You ready to go on that? So here's the deal. Uh, You know what I've been saying about policy and about about having a plan. um, Somebody whose commentary I I really enjoy very often on these these topics is uh, retired uh, four-star general Jack Keane, who runs the uh, Institute for the Study of War. He's a constant pundit on, um, usually on Fox News, but on also other conservative commentaries. And he spoke about this thing. I don't know that I agree with everything the general said, and I'll kind of dissect that in a minute. But what I want to do first of all is play this short clip. It's about a minute and 40 seconds of him talking to Martha McCallum on Fox. Go ahead and play it. Distance is it? What, what What does the end look like? And when might it come in all of this, General?
2: Yeah, well, I think you're pointing right at the heart of the problem here, Martha. I mean, I appreciate his visit to Ukraine. It's absolutely the right thing to do. I think last summer would have been the better time to do it, but I'm glad he's there. It's a fiery speech. It's supporting freedom, certainly for the Ukrainians, standing up behind them. But there's no strategy here. There's no commitment to bring this war to a resolution as quickly as possible. And Going the distance, as you say, if that's two, three years from now, and we're going to stay with them to the finish, that... That kind of distance and those kind of years, that is absolutely a tragedy for the Ukrainian people. Mm. We have to stop the killing. We have to stop the rape. We have to stop the torture. We have to stop the migration of children and other adults and the ethnic cleansing by the hundreds of thousands that are taking place and moving them into Russia. There's only one way to do that, and that's to give the Ukrainian military, which has the... The GENERALS WHO CAN PUT THE CAMPAIGN TOGETHER, IT HAS THE TROOPS AND THE LEADERS TO FIGHT IT EFFECTIVELY. They need, THEY NEED AIRPLANES, THEY NEED TANKS, THEY NEED armored VEHICLES, THEY NEED MUCH LONGER RANGE MISSILES, ALL PUT TOGETHER TO CONDUCT CONVENTIONAL COMBINED ARMS OPERATIONS. THEY KNOW HOW TO DO IT. THEY CAN PUNCH THROUGH THESE RUSSIAN LINES AND ROLL THIS THING UP VERY QUICKLY. IF THEY HAD ALL OF THAT, THEY COULD GET IT DONE THIS YEAR. And we stopped the horror that is taking place there. And guess what? We have defeated the Russian army and we did not spend any blood. We expended some treasure. And in that, very little out of a six trillion dollar budget, I may say, and what an outcome we would get from that. That right, is go
0: and stop, l- stop it there. Now, so here's the thing, it, within the context of what he's saying, there's there's, there's comments that I don't have time to play all of it. But there's comments that he made a little bit later in that interview um, where he, he he points out that he, he's, he's calling for basically the arming and equipping of Ukraine. Give them what they want. What he points out later is, some folks say, well, we've been doing that. No, 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 no. That's not what he's saying because this is a four-star general this is somebody who won a silver star in Vietnam this is somebody who studies war and and general Keene said later in the interview that we have not done it with any coherent uh, ability to to arm and equip well, literally what we've done is we've said no we can't send you those things and then later on well okay we'll send some and no oh, yeah, we can't we can't send we can't send abram's tanks okay 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 we'll send some later yeah we'll get, we'll get those to you Oh, no, we can send the HIMARS rocket systems. I don't, I don't know about the HIMARS. I mean, that might, that might be inflammatory. Oh, wait, uh, well, you know, okay, maybe I will right, we'll send some. That's what it's been. It's been an open-ended checkbook and a mission creep as to what we're going to supply because they don't have a freaking plan. And so, meanwhile, Ukraine has to keep coming back and going, hello, uh, we've been asking for HIMARS. Hello, uh, we need some more Javelin missiles. Hello, we need... And they can keep asking... Because we've never given them the parameters within which they can ask. We just say no, and they also know now if they beg that they can go ahead and ask again, and then maybe we'll say yes. That is not a plan, y'all. That is not a plan. If that's not mission creep, I don't know what is. What we're looking at right now is we've got to get some coherent and cogent and sound doctrinal decision-making Before we go any further, we'll keep unpacking it. We'll get right back on it when we get back from this break. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio. You guys stay tuned. We will be right back. Alabama syndicated news talk leader, Right Side Radio, Phil Williams here live in the Right Side Studios. Man, the local, the state, the national, sometimes the international, like today. And like the dude just said, solid, conservative, and just plain right. Well, it is uh, 3.06 p.m. right now, and it is that, it is that special day, that, that most special of days, because you're halfway to the weekend. Boomer, I think we've got to play it again, man. I think for those who didn't get the first one, let's go ahead and play the camel.
2: Just do it right now. Uh-oh. Guess what day it is? <laughs> guess what day it is? Mike, 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 Mike. Mike, Mike. What day is it, Mike? <laughs> Leslie, guess what today is? It's hump day. Whoop, whoop, whoop.
0: All right. It is It is hump day. Congratulations. You are halfway to the weekend, and we are like like a third of the way through this show already, which is unbelievable. Um, we're in number one of the Triple Dipper, the war footing. What, things that are going on right now in Ukraine— are are morphing. They're developing, and they're developing in part because it's not a static environment. I get that. It's a dynamic environment. It is somewhat fluid. You cannot, you know, the, uh, there's an old saying that you can plan all you want to, but the enemy gets to say too, uh, and and the and the best laid plans go out the door uh, when the when the first round uh, is fired. Um, There's an article on unheard.com. I'd never been to this site before. I found it this morning. It's it's a fascinating. It's a little bit of a kind of a highbrow article uh, talking about this. The headline dated February 18th, so it's, what, four days old. The headline is, is the West escalating the Ukraine war? Uh, Maybe, I guess. I guess we could say we are because we're providing the necessary means by which Ukraine is defending itself. But it goes on to say here that, you know, barely a day had gone by from Ukraine's successful request for German Leopard 2 tanks when the government in Kiev then called on NATO countries to yet again prove their solidarity by supplying it with U.S.-made F-16 fighter jets. Okay, the point there is there's no policy as to what we will or will not provide. It's a case-by-case basis. And we need some tanks. No, 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 no. Okay, we'll do it. Yeah, we need some uh, rocket launchers. I don't know. Yeah, okay, we'll do it. And that's that's the way it's been going so far. And it's and it's across the board. Well, America's in the lead on this, so NATO countries are taking our lead and and some are very resistant, but there's a lot of cajoling in the background and it's beginning to happen, but that's not really a plan. So the article points out it says Ukraine's strategic ambition is to overcome Russia once and for all and break away from Moscow's historical controls. And it says, putting aside all the justifications for the invasion that Russia tried to make, um, it is crushing this larger Ukrainian ambition that motivates the Kremlin. Kremlin doesn't want Ukraine to feel like it has the ability to be separate from the influence that the Kremlin brings. Here's the thing. I thought this article made a great point when it says this. It says, once the Russian invasion began, Kiev's goal of thwarting Moscow and keeping intact its territories became impossible without Western military intervention. So Ukraine's future as a sovereign state now hinges on its ability to successfully engineer an escalation. From Ukraine's perspective therefore the desire for supplies of ever more sophisticated weaponry involves keeping NATO involved. So so yeah. Be very wary. Because it's not just what Russia's doing. When we don't have a policy, when we don't have a firm grasp on what we're trying to achieve, when we don't have the left and right limits of what we will or will not do, then Ukraine can keep asking. And by the way, in the absence of clear policy, Ukraine, it also has sort of a vested interest in keeping us involved, even if it means somewhat of an escalation. So doctrine has to be established to avoid mission creep like this. Well, you know, justthenews.com points out that Biden did go. He's been there. He stood up in front of the crowd. He told the crowd, Ukraine will never be a victory for Russia. Brutality will never grind down the will of the free. Well, those are, those are great sound bites. But then at the same time, Putin gave his own speech. And here's where it gets weird. Well, I, I, no, I, I'm not on Putin's side, so don't misunderstand me. But Putin has a right to be ticked. Putin thought he was going to go do his thing, man. This is going to be his swan song. This is going to be the resurgence of the former Soviet Union. He's going to, he's going to be pushing back against all the Baltic states and the former Soviet bloc countries. He's, he's looking at regrowing the empire, if you will. And then America got involved, and it ain't going well. So Putin has a right to be ticked, whether we agree with his right or not. He still has a right to be ticked. Well, yesterday he gave a speech, and he threw out some very stark warnings. And he said he's going to be suspending his nation's participation in the nuclear arms treaties, threatening to resume testing of nuclear weapons. Hmm. Saber rattling? Yes. Also, not the kind of thing we've heard the Russian president say before. Not to this extent. Putin's words were, quote, the elites of the West do not hide their purpose, but they also cannot fail to realize it is impossible to defeat Russia on the battlefield. Oh, well, I think we proved that wrong. But the Russian president then went on to announce he would be pulling Russia out of the Strategic Arms Reduction Treaty, the START Treaty, a bilateral agreement that had been signed by Presidents Obama and Dmitry Medvedev. Um, and then he said, you know, we won't do it first, but if the United States conduct tests, we will too. Well, what he's basically saying is, you know, we have, we have 13,000 warheads, and we don't mind building some more if that's what it takes. Nothing like threatening a nuclear arms race um, because you're mad. But as we look at this arms race, here's the thing. Military.com, which usually aggravates me, just to be honest, Military.com gets pretty liberal. It's like the AL.com of military stuff. But Military.com had a good article and it's titled, The Post-Cold War Era is Gone and a New Arms Race Has Evolved. Dated yesterday. And it says basically that what we're looking at now is the, the, the Ukrainian war, the Russian intervention in Ukraine has created a new dynamic that is driving the train on not just NATO countries, but Europe as a whole and, and, and beyond. Like, for instance, the Polish expansion has now gone into what they call jaw-dropping scale. They've added up to 500 HIMARS to their shopping list, um, 20 of which uh, is all it took for, for Ukraine to really put, start putting a whooping on uh, Moscow. They want 500 in Poland. They also ordered 700 new self-propelled heavy artillery pieces, six times as many as Germany has. Governments around the world, it says, are drawing lessons from Europe's first high-intensity war since 1945, and some are re examining their whole defense doctrine to look at what they want to do differently. Um, You've got any number of countries, not the least of which are other NATO countries, that this week signed off on new political guidance, calling on members to invest more in air defense and deep strike capabilities. Finland and Sweden have abandoned all their decades of ambiguity, and now they're looking at NATO membership. Um, you've got Germany, who's, uh, you know, when it used to be West Germany back in the 80s, they had thousands of tanks. Now they only have 321. So they're, they're, they're totally re-upping. They're, they're looking at trying to revamp their own force. Um, the, the, the article goes on, I won't go into all of it, but even France, France is looking to restructure its forces now for high-intensity warfare, it says, and the government recently announced a new six-year plan. It costs 400 billion euros to up by a third uh, its, its six-year spending plan. This, is, this has created the dynamic in the middle of all of that, as I wrap up this whole segment, on a war footing. In the middle of all of that, Now you got China. Wall Street Journal has a piece that came out yesterday afternoon. China's Xi Jinping plans a Russia visit as Putin wages war in Ukraine. Because then there's China. So you got a series of high-profile events. The article points out that the strains we're seeing in Europe with Russia and the United States involved is worse than anything we've seen since the Cold War. At the same time, China is now weighing whether or not it sees an opportunity. China won't do something that's not going to benefit China. They're not going to do it out of the goodness of their heart. But Russia right now and China may have a common interest in, 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 in helping to sort of weaken the current world order. And they may be assessing the Biden administration. They may be looking at whether or not there is an opportunity to move into a gap, if you will. U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken, all he could say last week about China possibly sending weapons to Russia was that would be a serious problem. Well, you think so, sir? How about we establish a doctrinal position, please? American officials, it says in Beijing, it says Beijing has not delivered lethal arms to Moscow yet, but Western analysts say it could very well be planning to do so. And Xi Jinping is looking at a meeting with Vladimir Putin. Well... All right. That's a deep dive. All right. I just, I just felt like that had to be done. And I, and I hope you, I hope you guys got it. I hope you guys are literally going to wind up having a conversation with somebody in Sunday school or in the fast food line or at work in the break room or wherever. And someone's going to say, yeah, Ukraine. And I hope I gave you something, some nugget in here, whether it be the absence of policy or the mission creep potential, or the idea of tell us what the end state is, or for that matter, do we have our Jack Keene anywhere? Is there a Jack Keene-type person anywhere in the Biden administration advising him? Because right now, the same people that presided over the Afghanistan withdrawal debacle are the ones presiding over this. I'm getting worked up, Boomer. I'm getting all, I'm getting all lathered over here, man. I'm telling you. Take us to a break, buddy. We'll do that. We'll come right back. Switching gears. Skynet. What is going on with artificial intelligence? It's creepy. It's creepy. You guys stay tuned. We will be right back.